Hey everyone, it's Jeannie, Pistol Packin' Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome to today's show. Postbiotics. Yep, I said postbiotics. What in the world is that? And then you have probiotics, prebiotics, and even symbiotics. It can get pretty confusing. So today in the All Things Health segment, I'll talk about all of these, explain exactly what postbiotics are, and then tell you if they're helpful to your health and if you really need them. Now, some experts say no, and some say yes. And I'll talk about how to know if you should be supplementing, and if so, how much do you need daily. And after this segment, keep listening to my second segment I call Mountain Adventures. Today I'm going to share a story about the struggles my husband and I share living off-grid on our cattle ranch. When you are your own unqualified electrician, what could possibly go wrong? But before I start, I'd like to mention a product I absolutely love called Vitalite, It's from a company called 3 International. Vitalite is a superfood blend plus vitamin mineral supplement. It's a superhouse when it comes to high-quality supplemental nutrients. Now, why do I say that? Well, first of all, the ingredients come from whole foods, and that's hard to find. Second, 3 International uses several different forms of cellular absorption technology, so you can rest assured that the nutrients are actually going into the cell. And third... It not only contains vitamin and minerals, it also contains probiotics, greens, fruits, omega-3s, an enzyme blend to help break down the molecules, and 72 trace minerals and amino acids. So that's basically seven products in one. I took it upon myself to price each of the seven products found in Vitalite at the health food store because I wondered what the cost would be if I bought each one separately. I wasn't all that surprised to find that I would have to pay double. Yep, double. Plus, I'd have to take a whole lot of pills. Vitalite is four small capsules and one gel capsule per day, and you can take it on an empty stomach. To learn more about this amazing product, check out my website, genieolson.iii.earth. Don't just put anything into your body. Do some research. So now let's get into the all things health segment. And I'll be honest... I was told several times by my healthcare provider to take a probiotic because I was having gastrointestinal problems and he thought they would help. When I asked the doctor if probiotics were all the same and how much should I take, you know what he told me? He said just to choose one at the store and then read the label to find out the dosage. Really? Well, that wasn't helpful. So I just picked up a bottle at the health food store. And then I discovered you can buy probiotics that contain 1 billion CFUs or 15 billion, or 50 billion and more. The CFU stands for colony-forming units, and that's a measure of the number of live and active microorganisms in the probiotic. I also discovered that some probiotics are better suited for female-related issues and others for men's health, and then there's just some for general health. So I realized I needed to do some research. So let's talk about probiotics first. They're live, yes, live microorganisms, including bacteria and yeast. And they're found in some foods, and, and I'll list a few of those in a bit. They're found in supplements and even in some skincare products. And they even make probiotics for animals. The foods you eat either helps or they don't help your gut microbiome. And the gut microbiome contains good bacteria, called probiotics. It also has good yeast and even some good viruses. In fact, There are over a hundred trillion tiny critters living in your intestines. But oftentimes, due to the Western diet and over-prescribed antibiotics, 
bad bacteria can live there too. The idea with supplementing with probiotics is to put more good bacteria into the gut versus bad. It's like a tiny war in your digestive tract, and the good, if you have enough, will keep the bad away. And that's the same with yeast. Can you get probiotics from the food you eat? Yes, you can get some. And I did find a good list in an article by VeryWellHealth.com. It was titled, What Should You Know About Probiotics? And so here's their list. And then note that probiotics are found mostly in fermented foods. And there are some types of cheese. Kimchi, which is fermented cabbage. Kombucha, which is fermented tea. Sauerkraut, which is fermented cabbage. Miso, which is fermented soybean paste. Some of these actually sound good, some don't. There's also raw, unfiltered apple cider vinegar. There's some types of pickles. Yogurt. And then kefir. And this is a fermented milk drink. And the last two, the yogurt and the kefir, have the highest amount of probiotics. Are there any side effects from probiotics? Yeah, there are a few. You can experience things like bloating, constipation, gas, vomiting, diarrhea, nausea, and cramping. You can lessen these symptoms by lowering your dose and then drinking plenty of water. Okay, what about prebiotics? Now, the good bacteria, probiotics, the ones that are fighting your battles, they need fuel to keep them going. And this is what the prebiotics do, and you get it from the food you eat. Now, the probiotics actually consume the prebiotics. What foods would contain prebiotics? Okay, they're mainly ones that are high in fiber, like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and beans. Here are some of the examples that I found. You have onions and garlic, leeks, bananas, asparagus, artichokes, berries, soybeans, chickpeas, and oats, and even popcorn, but not slathered in heavy butter, darn it. Now, you can supplement with prebiotics because you can buy products that have inulin in it, and that's like a fiber, and there's other products out there too. But let's talk about symbiotics. Okay, this is a combination of pre and probiotics that work together. Syn, which is S-Y-N, means synergy. So they help each other reach the same goal. They work together. And this helps to keep a healthy gut microbiome. Okay, I hope it makes sense so far. Now let's talk a little bit about the postbiotics, because this is a newer term. It's sort of like what a battlefield looks like after a war with all the injured soldiers and debris scattered on the ground. Well, it's not really like that, but close, so let me explain. Postbiotics refers to the waste left behind after your body digests both pro and prebiotics. So these probiotics and prebiotics work together, synergistically, and then the end result is the postbiotics. You wouldn't think that this waste left over would be healthy, but it is. Because postbiotics actually contain nutrients like vitamin B, vitamin K, amino acids, short-chain fatty acids, and even antimicrobial peptides, and they help to slow down the harmful growth of bacteria even further, so they're actually a good thing. Now, you can take postbiotics as a, in a pill form because they can be manufactured and given to patients who need a little extra help in their digestive tract. In fact, how much probiotics and prebiotics should you take, let alone supplementing with postbiotics? You can supplement with all of them, of course, which I'll talk about in a bit, but some experts say you don't need to. They say you can get ample amounts just by the food you eat. In fact, according to an article by Hum Nutrition, it was titled, 
what are probiotics, everything you need to know about the buzzy compounds, says this process has always been going on in our bodies through fermentation. It's just that the word postbiotics is new. And there are health benefits that come from this fermentation. For one, a better immune system. And then there's also gut and digestive benefits, mood and brain benefits, and more. I mentioned earlier that postbiotics can contain short-chain fatty acids. Well, these include things like acetate, butyrate, and propanate. And they come from the fermentation of carbohydrate. And some experts are saying that butyrate, especially, is helping people who suffer from leaky gut and it may enhance sleep. Also, some of the bacteria found in probiotics like lactobacillus, bifidobacterium, and bacteroids, they're really good at fermenting L-glutamic acid. This can influence the gut-brain axis and provide mood and stress benefits. The question is, first, should you take a probiotic? Okay, now I believe you should, and here's why. I know that most of us don't want to eat a lot of fermented foods. Now, you might want to at first, but I think you'd get tired of it. But by supplementing, you know you'll be getting adequate doses every day. But I would start out on a lower dose. How much should you take for general health? There is no general rule set in stone yet. Basically, it's still trial and error. But for general health, they're saying between 1 to 10 billion is a good amount, even up to 30 billion. I know billion sounds like a lot. But keep in mind that for some of you, a lower dose will be perfect. So listen to your body and what it's telling you, and then adjust accordingly. Should you take a prebiotic? You should if you're not eating a balanced diet of fruits, veggies, and whole grains. But it's easy to find supplements that contain both probiotics and prebiotics, so you shouldn't have to purchase them separately. And it's worth noting here that the supplement I mentioned in my opening called Vitalitate contains both probiotics and prebiotics. So it takes the guesswork out of it for me, and I don't have to worry about whether I'm getting the right doses or not. And lastly, do you really need to supplement with postbiotics? Since this is a fairly new concept, you won't find very many on the market. You can find beauty rate supplements, but you don't need to supplement with that because postbiotics are already produced from the probiotics and prebiotics because it's a natural process. I do think, however, that over the next several years, we're going to see an increase of postbiotics on the market as a market strategy to get you to pay money for something you don't need. Now, unless your healthcare provider knows for a fact, like through extensive testing, that you could benefit from it, let's say from butyrate, I suggest that you don't supplement with postbiotics, even if you start seeing a bunch on the market. Okay, so there you have it. That's my take on it. I hope you found this segment helpful. It can get kind of confusing, so if you have any questions, please shoot me an email. I do hope you feel better informed, though. Please do me a favor and please share this episode with someone who you think would benefit from it. Please leave me a rating and a review, because the more I have, the more my show will be promoted by the platforms that I publish on, so that helps me out a lot. Then one last thing. If any of you have stopped using a food or a product that I've suggested, I would love to hear from you. Just shoot me an email and let me know. Okay, now let's transition into my next segment. I call Mountain Adventures. Oh, how I wished life was simple and maybe even a little bit boring, but it never is, not on our ranch anyway, especially since we are completely off-grid, but it is beautiful. 
I've been able to catch rare moments with my camera. One such moment was when the sun was setting over the river and it caused the surrounding mountains to be a beautiful orange, like they'd been painted with a paintbrush, and the mountains reflected a beautiful orange on the water. I'll probably never see that again. But I did get an amazing photo of it. You can view and purchase this once-in-a-lifetime photo on my website, genieolson.smugmug.com, and even better is that you can get 10% off of all the photos on my website for the entire month of February 2024. So just put in the code HEART24, that's H-E-A-R-T-24, and I'll also have that in the show notes. Capturing these moments always brings back memories. Most are wonderful memories. Some of the memories remind me of how we had to call on Jesus to keep us safe or help us get out of a dangerous situation or even fix something. All good memories, but but some memories can cause a lot of undue stress, like the time our inverters that run off our off-grid power system went on the blink. Now I'm the kind of person who plans my day the night before. I wished I could say the same for my husband Nick. He plans his day right after breakfast as he slowly sips his coffee in what we call the conference room, which is just really the living room. Oftentimes his plans will involve me, whether I like it or not, and I'm usually informed of this decision as he takes his last sip, and many times my plans for the day change immediately. Now I will say that he changes his plans for me a lot too, so it's a give-and-take relationship, as it should be, and living on a ranch requires special sacrifices that most aren't willing to do, like fixing fence when the cows trash it. No one else is there to do it for you. You just go, even if you're leaving the house to go to church, and you see that the cows are out. You just change your clothes and go fix the fence. I have adapted to changing my plans over the years. Like the morning I planned on publishing this podcast, and Nick informed me that he needed my help for a bit. I will say that he's pretty understanding when it comes to my schedule, and after, as our friend Steve says, discussing and cussing for a bit, the decision was made that I would help him after I was finished with my podcast. The plans I had for the rest of the day would just have to wait, and I was good with that. Now what help would he need? He needed help to reprogram the inverters. The inverters are basically computers that change DC power from our solar panels into AC power, which powers our house. When we're not pulling a lot of power in the house, the inverters convert the electricity back to DC and is stored in our battery pack. I'm not going to lie, I panicked a little bit, because I have never helped him before. Over the years, he has taken care of our power and water supply, and it's been great. When you live off-grid, you don't just call the power company and they send someone out to fix the problem. When problems arise, you are the electrician. Now We have on occasion called tech support, and there was one time when a friend, an electrical engineer, had to come help Nick when we had just installed the new inverters. Now, I know it was serious, or he was desperate if he was asking me to help. I'm familiar enough with computers that I can get into and out of the main menu, but to fix the problem? I had no idea where to start. Not to mention that these inverters cost around $3,200. The owner's manual clearly states, do not attempt to fix on your own. Only a qualified installer should do it. Improper programming can severely damage the unit. Oh, great! After researching it, Nick had figured out the problem, but sometimes when you work with something for a while, everything starts to look the same. He just needed a fresh pair of eyes to look, 
and hopefully I would see something he was missing. So to tell you a little bit about the problem, the inverters can be set to off-grid or on-grid. If they work on-grid, any power that is produced can be sold back to the power company. Off-grid means we utilize all of the power in our home and outbuildings. The problem was, somehow the inverters had switched themselves from off-grid to on-grid, and they were constantly trying to sell power back to the generator. Don't ask me how they decided to do this. It's like they're alive. Since I wasn't familiar with the inverters, we decided I needed to read the user's manual. So Nick highlighted the pages I needed to read. After doing so, I was confident we could fix it. I would just follow the steps on the screen. So, after I was finished in the office, we bundled up in our snow clothes. We would be outside in an unheated building, and we headed out to where the inverters were stored. I figured this wouldn't take too long. Just a few steps in the right order. We'd change it back to off-grid, and voila, we'd be back in business. I positioned myself in front of the inverters and powered on the Mate 3. This is like the controller box and it tells the inverters what you want it to do, how you want everything set up. It programs the master inverter, which tells the second inverter, the slave, hey I, I didn't come up with the name, and it tells the slave inverter what it wants it to do. The slave basically picks up the slack and takes care of whatever the master inverter can't. After putting in the right code, I was able to access the main menu and it gave me five choices. Each one would take me to a different place, depending on what I wanted to do. Oh, for the love of Pete, couldn't it just be one, the one I needed? It's not cut and dry. Once you get to a new step, then you get three more choices to choose from. Well, after discussing it with Nick, we decided to go into the charge controller mode. I punched each button that I thought would lead us to the right place. And sure enough, I came to a button that said Grid or Gen. The Grid button was illuminated, so that told me the inverters were in the on-grid mode, just like Nick had said. So I switched it back to Gen, which means Generator. And guess what? After a few minutes, the inverter started working. We were both so excited. I thought to myself, well, that was too easy. But everything kept working until... About 11 o'clock that night, just as we got into bed, the power started going on and off, on and off, over and over. Anything with an alarm on it, like the dishwasher, started going off. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Well, it's not good for our appliances when the power goes on and off like that. I just wanted to turn the inverters off for the night, but we needed the fans on the stoves to keep going so we would have heat for the night. We did finally manage to get all of the alarms stopped, but did we sleep well that night? No. I told Nick that he needed to get someone to come help him that was a lot smarter than me, and I was informed that it was Monday and our electrical engineer friend had to work, so we would have to wait clear till Saturday to get it fixed. He also informed me that we needed to undo everything we had programmed the inverter to do and start over. So I gingerly told him, okay, out loud, but inside, I screamed, oh no, I couldn't remember the exact steps I took. Well, I barely slept that night. To say I had anxiety was an understatement. I kept hearing in my head, only a qualified installer should work on inverters, may cause severe damage, over and over. After breakfast the next morning, we bundled up in our snow clothes again. Nick headed outside before I did, 
so I took a moment before venturing out into the cold and quietly asked God to help me find the right steps to undo everything I had done the day before and to help me find the right steps to fix the problem. The answer I got from him, not a loud voice, just an all-knowing gentle voice was, We got this. And then I made my way out to the inverters where Nick was. When I stood in front of the inverters again, I wasn't so sure. Now Nick knew I was a little stressed, but I didn't say anything. But when I went back into the main menu, everything looked like it was jumping around back and forth. It was like the inverters were saying, Punch system. No, punch charge controller. No, punch battery monitor. System. Charge controller. Inverter. Battery monitor. System. Inverter. System. System. No, that wasn't right. Wait, did I hear inverter? That's when it popped into my mind. Yes, punch that one. So I did. Then I just followed the commands, and finally I came to a button that said off-grid. Oh, thank goodness. I punched that one, and it lit up. Okay, this was good. Then I went out of the program, and then I stepped away from the inverters and breathed a heavy sigh of relief. I had done all I could. And then we watched, and we waited, while the inverters were trying to figure out the new command. We needed green and yellow lights to show steady without blinking. This means the inverters are working correctly. But they were blinking, and there was also a red light blinking, which means there was an error. My heart sank. I know what I did. It had to be right. It kept blinking about seven or eight more times. I thought, well, maybe I'd heard wrong. Maybe God didn't say to me, we've got this. I was discouraged. I was ready to go back in the house and figure out plan C. When all of a sudden, Nick said, look. The lights, they quit blinking, and the inverter started to hum, and everything was working correctly. Oh, thank goodness. I ran into the house to see if the lights were working correctly, and they were. Now all we had to do was wait and see how the inverters did for the rest of the day and throughout the night. Every time I checked, the lights were working. Every time Nick checked the inverters, they were still working. And you know what? They are still working. God had answered my prayer after all. I often wonder if God just rolls his eyes at me and says, Genie, genie, when will you just trust me? All I can say for now is, there's never a dull moment at the Enbaro Ranch. Remember this, when you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. See you next time.